Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Well, just talking to uh, John Rustad, beater, leader of the B.C. Conservative Party, we're talking about the Airbnb crackdown, and his take on it was the province should stay out of it. You know, they should let municipalities handle this and regulate it. Well, but the problem is that they haven't been able to do it, no, though, Vancouver, effectively. Vancouver's had a, you know, their own rule for some time, just haven't been able to enforce it. So I'm not sure, um, well, I mean, that would be the status quo, which isn't work, or at least has sort of a spotty record. But it's interesting. So you've got the BC United Party voted in favor of this bill on second reading, then moved some amendments that were defeated. And now you've got Rustad, the, the lone party there, basically opposing this. He's the and, only one that yeah, voted against it. And right? he's uh, he and his seatmate, Bruce Bannon, I mean, they're, they're trying to differentiate themselves from the United Party as m- often as possible. So this one, they're saying they're the only true free enterprise. There's no difference between, what do you call uh, BC United? NDP light. Yes, he calls <laughs> he calls BC he calls the uh, BC United Party NDP light because they support what they're yeah an exaggeration, but nevertheless, you know, effective in politics. Sure, sure. why not? You're going to hear a lot of that from Rustad and Bam and anyone else who flocks to the conservative cause. They're going to describe BC United, which is yet to sort of define itself. Anyways, they're no longer the BC Liberals. They're this sort of undefined, unknown quantity. So Rustad's going to try to define them along his lines, yeah. and that means painting them. As, as in his words, NDP light, which I, I don't think is the case. But nevertheless, on some issues, you're going to see United line up with the NDP, much to the delight of Rustin and the Conservatives. Yeah. And BC United, on this file, former Liberal Party, they seem to be trying to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So they voted in favor of the crackdown in Airbnb, but then they put these forward, these uh, amendments, like, let people just have one on the side, you well, know, let, three... let us, like you said to me the other day, let me just wet my beak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let just, me just, just wet my beak a little bit and well, just have one of them on the side. You know? Three of the amendments, I don't think were totally out of step with the legislation. That one, though, I think was. I mean, that was just basically opening the door to um, to just more short-term rentals and no long-term rentals. So, But they're the ones were reducing the definition of short-term from 90 days to 30 days, allow exemptions for medical travel, and allow exemptions for um, big events, such as FIFA is the one they used, which is, you know, thousands of people coming to Vancouver because the argument is not enough hotel rooms to support an influx of visitors. But that particular amendment had no chance. Not that any of them did. I mean, governments don't pass opposition amendments. But again, as I've been saying for a couple of days, wait till we see the regulations, the devil's in the details. There's yeah. going to, probably going to be some more exemptions, but I don't think you're going to see anything remotely close to being allowed to operate one uh, Airbnb outside your principal residence. Let's talk about the fight that can just continues in Surrey over the policing transition. So you've got the BC government now trying to put their foot down and say, look, we're, we're fed up with this. We've told you, you can't keep the RCMP. You have to transition to this new Surrey police service. We promised you 150 million bucks. Get on with it. They've now brought in legislation to try and enforce it. Have a look now. Speaking of uh, Bruce Manman, the uh, other conservative MLA in the B.C. legislature now. Have a listen to his thoughts here on the Surrey police fight. We heard Mike Farnsworth say that it was his decision to shove this down the throats of Surrey taxpayers that they're getting the Surrey police force, whether they want it or not. You know, I thought that we believed in democracy, but, you know, with the NDP, the non-democratic party, they get to do whatever the heck they want. What do you think of that? Well, I haven't seen any development on this file other than just a couple of things in the House. There's, you know, what's next? And we haven't heard anything from Brenda Locke of the Council. Yeah. The bill is now passed. There was a bit of interesting thing in the House when it passed third reading. So on 
um, they lost, uh, they passed it um, through committee, but did not pass third reading. And they kept the government for strategic purposes kept the third reading part till the very end, and that required Kevin. That meant Kevin Falcon was in the House voting. And as soon as he voted against third reading, the NDP produced a news release with three quotes, including I think a videotape of Falcon speaking in favor of going to Surrey Police Services and yeah. not going back to the RCMP. So the NDP laid a bit of a trap there for him. Well, this is another one where Falcon and BC United seem to be kind of all over all the over map. The place. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, United. They, they said, don't know what to do. And it was also mystifying a few days ago. They suddenly just stopped debate on the committee stage of the bill, rather than you know the impression was they were going to drag this out a while and t- spend a little time on this legislation, and suddenly they just said, "Oh, that's it," and passed committee. You think stage. they're nervous about taking a, uh, a, a firm are. position on I it? I think they're very nervous because, uh, I mean, you can, and I think the NDP is a little nervous about it too. I mean, this is Surrey. There's a lot of seats at play. Yeah. Here. Um, I, as time goes on, I think it becomes less and less an issue in Surrey. But nevertheless, it's a, it's a political gamble from either side. The NDP did, the government did have a poll some time ago that showed that uh, there was more people in favor of going to RCMP than going to Surrey Police Services, but in terms of it being a really strong issue, it wasn't percol- it wasn't really resonating with voters as a vote as an election determining type of issue. There wasn't really strong opinions on either side, but there's more f- people favoring the RCMP than Surrey Police Service. Interesting. Okay, and we we heard EB earlier this week tell the city of Surrey. There's no, no more money. money here, okay? And he said it multiple times. There's no more money. We put $150 million on the table for you, so don't be thinking we're going to sweeten the pot and give you any more money. And I wonder if he was thinking that, you know, if, if he starts putting more money into no. this Surrey police transition, then this thing could have, blow up well, on them. Well, then you'll have Langley, Poco, right. everyone else with their hands out saying, what about us? Yeah. Now, the, NDP, the government, remember, had that billion-dollar infrastructure fund one-time funding, which everybody got to dip their, their hands into. Surrey got something like $90 million out of that, and so did the other municipalities. So I think, uh, no, there's not going to be any more money on the table. Now, where, where, so where is this thing going to end up then? Is this going to end up in court? Is that where it's going to be well, decided now? They've served notice of a, seeking a, a judicial review, yeah. you know, but that's going to take months before, oh. before it works its way through the system. And the assumption, I assume, Surrey Police Services will co- continue to hire people, and we'll just see where it goes. But it's interesting, I haven't heard anything from, from Surrey uh, City Hall. They're, they've just gone quiet since for, for well more than a week now. Okay, we'll see where that, what happens there if that ends up in court. Okay, uh, Tiff Macklem, the governor of the Bank of Canada, as, as widely expected this week, holding the line on any more interest rate hikes. Now, he did say going forward, he goes, look, I'm not ruling out raising interest rates again down the road because they've got to keep a handle on inflation. Now, I wanted to play this for you because I thought this was really interesting. He was asked, what about government spending? Does that fuel or worsen inflation? Does it drive up inflation when you've got a big spending federal government? This is a sort of interesting because that's what Polyev keeps saying, right? The conservative leader, that Trudeau is driving inflation with big spending. And here's what Macklem said about that. Listen to this. If all those spending plans are realized, government spending will be adding to demand more than supply is going, growing. And in an environment where we're trying to moderate spending and get inflation down, uh, that's not helpful. It would be helpful if governments considered the inflationary impact of their spending decisions. That was very interesting. What do you think of that? Fairly political comment. Well, yeah. From a supposedly independent uh, <laughs> Bank of Canada governor. So, again, uh, government spending can be a very big election issue. 
I mean, government spending is government spending. Uh, people want more money on health care. I mean, people yeah. want uh, less government spending until they want more government spending. Yeah. You know, you want cut government spending, but don't touch health care, which is the number one um, uh, spending item in the entire budget. So, yeah, you've got Poliev advocating reduced spending, decrying right. the Trudeau government for adding to inflation, causing yeah. inflation by government spending. And then Macklem saying the same thing. Yeah. Which is... Hmm, interesting to say the least. Also ironic, given his letter that just surfaced a couple of days ago to premiers chiding them for daring to even write to him about keeping interest rates down. And this cut across party lines. You had both David Eby and Doug Ford writing to the and he's saying that's jeopardizing my political independence. And then he makes a statement like that. So So is that interfering the other way? You could argue that now he's interfering. He's inserted himself into a political d- debate, which is how But big- doesn't that isn't it his job though to get inflation down? And if he thinks excessive government spending is driving up inflation, doesn't he have a duty well, to highlight that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't defined what is government. What is too much government spending? That's the thing. He left the door open there. He did not put a number there. What let's, is excess government spending? Let's listen to um, is, is spending more on health care excess spending? I don't think yeah. most Canadians would agree with that statement. Okay. Speaking of government spending, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the BC United Party is always is always pointing the finger too at the end, the governing NDP and saying you guys are spending too yeah. much money here at the provincial level. Let's listen to Todd Stone speaking yesterday about that. Uh, BC United MLA, have a listen. The NDP government is is now collecting twenty billion dollars more in taxes than they were six years ago. They've also managed to double British Columbia's debt in that same period of six years. Uh, this is also a government that has grown the size of the public sector by a hundred and forty thousand positions. So instead of bloated government and soaring costs, don't you think it's time for David Eby to give you a break? What do you think of that? Yeah, well, that's going to be one of the core messages from BC United is that the government's too big. Um, It's a classic sort of conservative approach. Uh, and it is true that the FTE count in government has... Small uh, C conservative small approach. C, yeah, small, sorry, small C conservative. <laughs> not the BC um, conservative not, not part. Not to be confused with them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's, it is true. The government has, uh, the size of government has, has increased under the NDP. They like to create things. Yeah. And they like to create, put bureauc- bureaucracies around these new entities sure. they keep creating. Yeah. Um, it's almost a creature of habit for the NDP. Is they, they do like bigger government. That's part of their core tenant philosophy as well they sure. think believe that government can do more so they increase the size of government and that's a that's a an entry point for the bc united i think come the next election baldry's beat let's go right to your phone calls here jeff and surrey hi jeff go ahead yes good morning um i'm not an economist but i look at it this way the bank of canada raises interest rates to curb inflation uh they've had some success with that great but when you go to renew your mortgage and the, the interest rate has gone up 4 or 5%, whatever it is, and your payment now has gone up $400 or more, doesn't the Bank of Canada raising interest rate become the inflation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's another, that's another argument. Yeah. yeah. I mean, inflation is a murky thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, and a lot of people cherry-pick whichever one suits their, their particular argument or philosophy. So some people attack government spending, Others attack the, the very nature of rate increases. Which yeah, and that precise point has been raised by a lot of critics of interest rate hikes saying, well, actually, you're going to make it worse yeah. by driving up all these mortgage that's, rates. That's, I mean, one thing about economics, you can find 10 econo- sure. economists to give you 10 different opinions. Yeah. Let's go to Alan in Surrey. Hi, Alan. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, in terms of the federal government spending, um, are they not printing money, creating a higher deficit? which does lead to higher inflation and higher taxation. 
for citizens here in Canada. Another argument. You increase the money supply, you're going to increase spending and therefore increase inflation. I mean, we could go on all morning with get, invite 10 more people to call in and everyone will have a another factor that causes inflation, and they're all correct. That's one of Polyev's favorite talking points. So the government's been printing yeah, money and money. driving up inflation. Yeah. And it's interesting, Polyev had, had earlier threatened to fire Tiff Macklin. Now he's quoting him. Yes. For political <laughs> now he's quoting him in the House of okay. Commons, saying, oh, look what <laughs> Macklin said. He's, he look agrees what, with what me now. Paul Tiff said. And yeah, I, my buddy Tiff. Mike in Surrey. Hi, Mike, go ahead. A lot of Surrey calls. Yeah. A lot, a lot of Surrey calls. We got our, fa- our famous uh, police... Uh, situation out here and here's what i'd like to know maybe you guys can dig it out and get it out to the public is we've got the provincial government it seems to have a set of numbers and an expectation of what the cost will be for Mm -hmm. this transition and our beloved mayor she seems to have a list of things or or a a budget of what it's going to cost and they seem to be apart by about 300 million Mm dollars so i would kind of like to know what what are in those numbers what who's making these assumptions because every budget is based on assumptions yeah, we've asked. Now where are they? Both sides for like line by line item. How does out of these costs? How do you arrive at these cost figures? Now the province says their one fifty is based on Surrey's preliminary report from a couple of years ago, but again, we'd like to see everyone would like to see a line by line breakdown from both sides. How do you arrive at what the cost increase or whatever the cost impact would be? And so far, we've yet to get anything. I mean, we there was one Surrey city councillor a week ago or so said this is going to cost seven hundred million. And then, like, show us the work. Yeah, you, as my math teacher would say, in the margin, how did you get to that number? Um, did you just pick it out of the air, or are you adding up a whole bunch of numbers to come to that? Yeah, we do need some more, but a lot of it's secret, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. A lot of it has well, not been the disclosed. The now is quoting Surrey's own website is saying right now they have a forty million dollar surplus. To their budget. On their budget, yeah. So, again, uh, give us some numbers. Daryl in Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Thank you, for, thank you for taking my call. I think that with uh, Premier E.B. sending letters back and forth with the governor of the Bank of Canada, it's a total political um, distraction. What he's doing is he, he should concentrate on why is he sending thousands of people to the United States for cancer treatment? Why are people so backlogged to get hip and knee replacements that they're going to Alberta and paying for them themselves? Uh, the same thing, Doug Ford has a huge problem with the Greenbelt fiasco in Toronto. So they, they just want to distract the public from the issues that they're facing. Mm-hmm. And, and they should worry about health care and education. You know, Tiff Macklin's mandate was, was instituted in 1995 to keep inflation within a certain target range. So they're just uh, doing distractions from their hey. own, own political problems. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, I think Daryl... Perfectly valid point. I mean, a lot of people said at the time that the premiers were just, this is sort of a political stunt, that it really had no impact at the end of the day, and this is not what premiers should be engaging. I asked David Eby about that a couple of days ago uh, here at the Ledge, the news conference, and he said, no, he's, it, he thinks that's the job of a premier, is to right. advocate for people in their province, whether it's on interest rates or other matters. So, And he says he'd, he'd write a similar, similar letter again if he needed to.